heartbeat of any firehouse across the city of New York is the kitchen table. It's where we break bread, break balls, and break everything in between. They say all the world's problems can be solved at a firehouse kitchen table. I don't know how true that is, but what I do know, it's what I miss the most. Hey, good morning. It is morning here, and welcome back to the kitchen table. This is going to be episode seven of my endeavor to do a podcast and get a message out to people and have some fun and tell some stories. I'm fired up today. I got a good night's sleep, a couple cups of black coffee. Just went to the gym, had to come straight in here and get some shit off my mind, off my chest. We'll see how it goes. I guess. This is the time, well, I don't know, I haven't been saying it, but if you like the channel, hit like. If you want to subscribe to it, please subscribe. I really do appreciate it. If not, whatever, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just talking shit here. If, if you're listening on the podcast, set, spread the word, spread the message, spread the link, whatever. Get the word out. Let's build a community. Let's have some fun. Let's talk some shit. Let's help each other. Let's heal each other. Let's fucking go, all right? I got some I got some energy today. I've always had a lot of energy. Uh, I usually start the podcast off with um see you hear the filler words I'm saying um and also that's another thing. Try not to edit these videos too much because I believe honesty and transparency will come through. I've been nothing but totally honest since episode 1. If you've been following the show, you know that. I've said some shit, I've gotten some shit off my chest that I don't know, maybe most normal people wouldn't, wouldn't admit, but that's, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm always been, an, I've always been an honest person. I think honesty, people appreciate honesty. You don't want somebody fucking lying to you, right? Or telling you some bullshit story. Most people could see right through that, especially if you're like a cop or a fireman or a first responder, or you got some street smarts, you got common sense. People could see, people can tell when you're lying. People could tell when you're full of shit. And for the most part, I'm not really full of shit. I, you know, I have been. I've been known to tell some fucking funny, tall tales just to make people laugh. And people go, ah, you're full of shit. And you go, yeah, 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 that time I was full of shit. Anyway, but I believe in honesty. That's why I'm really going to try not to edit these videos too much. I don't know. I'll look back at them and, and figure it out. But I usually start the show off by telling people, reach out. If you're hurting... If you're legitimately fucking hurting and you're legitimately depressed and you, you legitimately have anxiety or your feelings of, of self-doubt and no self-worth, no confidence, and you're possibly even suicidal or you're going through some tough shit, maybe you need professional help. Maybe you need to recognize that and step the fuck up and get help. Reach out, swallow your pride. And reach out to somebody. Talk to somebody. Talk to a friend. Talk to a therapist. Talk to a psychiatrist. Whatever brings you comfort. Do something positive. Do something that will help you. Take that first step. Seriously. My steps were 
talking at the kitchen table or talking to one of my friends. I didn't always do it. It took me a long time to get up the courage to do it, to, like I said, swallow my pride and admit that I, I was hurting. Most people could see it on my face. Most people could see it in my mannerisms or in how I was acting. Your friends and your family could tell when something's going on. Be that guy to step up and go, yeah, yeah, I'm hurting. I need help. Let's talk. So do it. There's plenty of resources out there. One of the resources for, for firemen is a nonprofit that a friend of mine, two friends of mine are on the board and they get involved with it. It's called Friends of Firefighters. So if that's something you're interested in, I'll put the link down below. Donate to it. It's a nonprofit. It helps firemen who have mental health issues. It's completely free for them. It's completely confident. So if you're a fireman, check that shit out. I think they do other first responders as well, but definitely New York City firemen. There's another nonprofit that I like to talk about real quick. I'll put in the link below. It's called Tomahawk Charitable Solutions. Tomahawk Charitable Solutions. It's a nonprofit run and operated by former Special Forces operator vets, right? These guys run a nonprofit. And every money, all the money that they get through their donations and fundraising go to military vets and their families in a time of need. If God forbid one of their guys dies overseas or whatever and the family needs help, they step in and they're completely nonprofit. That side of, of the Tomahawk family gives every penny that they get to help others. And they do first responders as well. And one more I want to talk about is our cousin Chris, who recently passed, they have a found his family set up a foundation. It's called the Live Like Chris Foundation. This kid was a stud. He volunteered his time to help others all the time. He was a great kid. He was figuring life out. He just had the, the whole world in front of him. And this poor kid, it, it hurts every day to think about him. We love him so much. It's the Live Like Chris Foundation. All right. So, like I always start the, the podcast with that reaching out, helping. But there's another thing I wanted to say, because I got a lot of energy today, and I got to get this off my chest. Yes, there are legitimately times when you're really hurting, and you do need professional help, a therapist, a psychiatrist, and you're down, and you're out, and you know you have that depression, or you have that, that debilitating anxiety. I know people that have had it. I get anxiety. I've had depression. I've been through it. I've been there. For sure. I probably should have fucking reached out and got real help. I don't know. But I've made it through with my processes and talking to other people. A lot of times that I was down, I fucking made it through. Sometimes by my own accord, selfishly, stubbornly. That's not always the right way to do it. But that being said, sometimes I would walk around like a fucking just a Debbie Downer, a pity party. Poor me, wah, fucking wah. You know, no reason to feel down or be down. You know, you know those people. They just, they walk into a room and you, and you, they just bring the whole vibe of the room or the party down. And you're walking on eggshells. You don't want to say anything to them because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to make them feel worse. But when it's time and time and time again with some of these people, it's not warranted. You're like, what the fuck is your problem? And that's, that's something that I needed in my life that I've gotten a few times and that fireman always gave me is that swift kick in the ass. It's that, bro, you need to fucking knock it off. 
Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stand the fuck up. You got people that love you. You got people that rely on you. Look at this. It's a beautiful sunny day out. You woke up this morning. Today is a gift. Stop fucking feeling sorry for yourself. Get up, pick yourself up, and man the fuck up. Or woman up. Men and women. If you have a family, you got to be there for your family. And walking around feeling sorry for yourself and the pity party, you're not present for your family. You're not able to run your family the way you're supposed to and, and teach your kids the right way to, to do things if you're just walking around moping and, moping and fucking groaning for nothing. Listen, like I said, there's legitimate shit that you, you need help for, for sure. But then there's times that it just carries over when there's really no legitimate reason. You just, you just wake up like, I feel like shit today, whatever. Snap the fuck out of it. I've needed that so many times and I got it. Snap the fuck out of it, bro. Like I almost needed like a smack, like in the movies. Smack, smack, just to wake me up. You know, sometimes people need that. My wife's done it to me before. Like you're being a little bitch with your little whining and crying about you couldn't get this, you couldn't get that. And hearing that sometimes just snaps you out of it. From my wife, you're being a little bitch. And yeah, admitting that. Yeah, I was being a little bitch, man. Sometimes in the firehouse, I was being a little bitch and I was getting angry and, 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 and some guy was doing some stupid shit that I just didn't agree with and I got really frustrated and I, and I, and I was, my impulses got the better of me and I'm, anybody who knows me knows my energy and knows how impulsive I can be with words and actions, sometimes really, really to a fault and instant karma. Like some, for instance, real quick, this dude, brand new guy in the firehouse, and I was really, I was pulling for him, and he was getting a drill wrong, and I was just in one of my moods for no fucking reason whatsoever, and he was fucking up the drill, and fucking up the numbers, and guys were getting frustrated, and I got frustrated. I had time on the job at this point, so I was, I was one of the senior guys, I guess, at the point, at the time. I had, I had a guy with time, I was a guy with time on. I don't, I wouldn't consider myself a senior guy at that point, but I had, Shit, I don't know. I had to have close to 13 or 14 years on, maybe. Maybe 15, I don't know. Anyway, I guess I was considered a senior guy. I just considered myself a guy with time. And he was fucking up the drill, and I was getting angry at him, and I stupidly, stupidly let my, my impulses get to me, and I acted, and I tossed the chair down, and the chair smacked up and hit me in the fucking head and cut my fucking forehead. And I immediately had regret, and that was instant karma, instant. That's how the universe works with me. I almost instantly, when I act stupid, when I act on impulses, because I'm feeling sorry for myself, or I'm angry at something, and I do something stupid like that, the universe gets me immediately. And thank God, because it snapped me right the fuck out of it. And I was like, shit, I'm bleeding from my head. One of my guys pulls me into the bathroom, and he's, and he's dabbing my fucking head. And I'm like, oh my God, then he's like, dude, what the, what the fuck, man? Calm, take it easy. The words calm down or relax, not really good to say to somebody who's, who's in that moment right there. There are other words that you can use, but he, he was great. And I, got, I had to get, you know, the butterfly stitches and stuff, and I just immediately felt like an ass. I wanted to bury my head in the sand. But that's what happens. That's what happens, instant karma. I needed that swift kick in the ass, and I got it. So thank God for that. Thank, you need friends in your life that will be there for you for sure when you're down and out. But you also need those friends to, to kick you in your ass when you're just being a bitch. 
So if you're being a bitch today, if you're fucking feeling sorry for yourself, get up, go do what you got to do. Do something that makes you happy. Be there for your family. Be there for your job. And be a productive person today. All right? <laughs> I had to get that off my chest. A lot of times, I'll be thinking stuff. Like when I'm in the gym or when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, I want to say this. I want to say that. And this is going to sound so great. And this is, this is going to come off fucking authenticious. <laughs> That's a line from a movie. I don't even know if it's a real word. But these are the thoughts that I have in my head. And I want to get them out so bad. And a lot of times when I was at the kitchen table in the firehouse, we were just firing shit off at each other and I was getting stuff off my chest and it was coming out good. Sometimes it comes out good, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know how this one's going to come out. But I'm being completely honest with you guys, completely open, completely transparent. So hopefully this one resonates with you guys. Hopefully somebody, you guys out there, understand how you're feeling, what you're feeling that day, how to different, differentiate when you're legitimately down and out, when you have real reasons for it, or when you're just being a fucking bitch. Know the difference. Because if you're just being a bitch, knock it the fuck off. Like, that's, all, that's what I can say. That's what I needed people to say in my life, and they have kicked me in the ass. But then if you're legitimately got the issues or problems, get the help. All right? So that's, that's what I wanted to say about that. That's, we're, we're about halfway through. I'm scratching my face. I didn't even take a shower yet. I just got back from the gym. I had to come right in here and do this. So hopefully you guys like that. But another thing I wanted to say, this is like a two-parter, is I want to start getting into like fire stories. And one fire story that I have, it was way before I was on the fire department. It's the reason why I wanted to be a New York City fireman. Uh, and I'll never forget this. The story, not not all the all the bits and pieces, or exactly when it was, or or whatever. But as you guys know, or I told you, if you, I grew up in Brooklyn. If if this is your first time watching this channel, I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm a New York City fireman. Wanted to be a New York City fireman my whole life. I was I have law enforcement and military experience as well, but the, the fire department in New York City is what I wanted to do. So I grew up in Brooklyn, right? Back in the, I was born in the 70s, so I grew up in the 70s and 80s. and the early 90s, the city was a complete fucking shithole. Seriously. It was a rough time for New York City. The city was burning down. There's, there's articles and, and stories about the Bronx is burning, South Bronx of Harlem. I mean, it was a burned out. It looked like a war zone. Legitimately, it looked like all these buildings were bombed out because there were fires all day long, every day back in the 70s and 80s and early 90s. They called them the war years. And the guys in the neighborhood, all everybody in the neighborhood, my neighborhood was like a middle class neighborhood. All city workers, either all the adults were either firemen, cops, sanitation. They worked for the parks department. They, some sort of city job. Majority of people worked for the city. And the fire department was the pre premier job at that time. Everybody was going to work. Everybody loved firemen. These poor guys were, were, a lot of them were dying. A few of my friends growing up had fathers who passed away line of duty on the job from the neighborhood. Tough, tough time. My best friend, my best friend, who I didn't, who I didn't meet until I was about 13 years old, and he didn't really become my best friend He's, until later on in life. He's the godfather of my son. He 
He was the best man at my wedding. Most of the fun experiences I've had in life were with him and because of him. The guy's my best friend in the world, and maybe one day I'll get him on the show. His father died, line of duty. He was a New York City fireman. Died on the roof of a building, line of duty, back in 1974. He was, we were born in November. He was only three months old. But he's got an older brother and sister, and they, they really remember that. So it was a tough, tough time to, be in the, to grow up in the city of New York, to be a New York City fireman. All these guys did was go to work. Anyway, like I said, I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up on 8th Avenue between Windsor Place and Prospect Avenue in Park Slope slash Windsor Terrace. We say Park Slope because it's kind of like, you know, Park Slope is tougher to say. Windsor Terrace is like, ah, I'm from Windsor Terrace. But they were right, it was right on the border. <clears throat> All hung out in Prospect Park as kids. We had a big crowd of kids. Never wanted to go home. You know how it was. Keg parties, the whole nine yards. It was, it was great growing up in Brooklyn. Um, it's, Brooklyn is different now. I, it's almost like I don't want to go back. But the crew that I grew up with, the people that I met, there were hundreds of us. And we all were together and we all partied together. It was so much fun. We'd come out after school and, and stand in front of Reynado Candy Store on 9th Avenue and, and Windsor Place. Uh, 50 of us just having fun, bullshit. And you never wanted to go home because you never wanted to miss anything. Anyway, one day... Like I said, the city was burning. There were fires all over the place, even in the nice neighborhoods. The nicer neighborhoods. The city was, was bad. So one day, you know, you hear the sirens going. And it was a common occurrence, but this time the sirens were very, very close. And they stopped really close and they were really loud. And then you smell the smoke. That smoke that only real firemen know that of a building fire. The, at the time, wood and cotton and the, the, all that shit, the wood frame buildings were burning. And right away, a fireman knows when he smells that. He's like, oh, we got a job. This is a job. Fires are different nowadays. The smell is a little bit different sometimes. Guys have evolved with it. But back then, you today, you still know. You smell that, you go, oh, we got a job. You could smell blocks away. Even if you don't see the smoke, you, you, you know something's going on. Like, we got something. Get, get the fuck ready, boys. Let's go. Anyway, I smell the smoke. I hear the sirens. I start hearing the commotion. You know, I'm a kid. I'm like eight, nine years old. So I go out on my stoop, and everybody's coming out of their, their houses and their, and their buildings and stuff. And I look over to my left, and two blocks over on 18th Street and 8th Avenue, the corner building was a three-story, like, I guess you want to call it a factory, but it was a dry cleaner, but it wasn't like a dry cleaner where you drop off your shit. It was a dry cleaner factory where every other dry cleaner in the area used to bring their, their dry cleaning there. It was, it was weird. So a truck would pull up every day and, and they'd have a rope from the third floor or the second floor and they, you'd see them sliding down dry cleaning, like shirts and pants into the truck and the truck would pack up and deliver it to the dry cleaners and distribute it from there. Whatever, it was, It was. that's just the, what it was. It was on the corner, it was a three-story building. The first floor was like a like a garage type. First floor, it wasn't a, it wasn't a dwelling, it was a commercial building, I guess you, you would wanna call it. And 18th Street cornered, w was the same, it was parallel to the Prospect Expressway, it was a highway. And eight, 18th Street and 8th Avenue, it was the exit to that highway, to, from the Prospect Expressway. So. People would get off the expressway and shoot down 8th Avenue, past my house. But now, 
Fire department's pulling up. I turn around, I look, and I can smell the smoke, and there's fucking fire out the two windows on the top floor, and it's ripping. That that orange fucking fire is. It's just it was ripping out the window. It was fucking blowing out the window. You say when you when when we give a report, we got we say oh we got we talk about fires. You go oh it was fucking blowing out the windows. Right? Smoke smoke pushes out the windows. Fire blows out the windows. If you roll up to a fire and you see just smoke fucking pushing it, looks like it's getting pushed out the fucking window. If you roll up and you see fire and it's ripping out the windows, you go, oh, fire is blowing out the windows. It looks like it's getting blown out the fucking windows. It's, it's rolling up over the, the roof and I'm just, I'm in awe. I'm, you know, people are fucking screaming. The, the engine's pulling up. They're charging the line. They're hooking up to the hydrant. The truck pulls up, takes the building. They're throwing ladders up. They're putting the aerial up to the, to the building. The guys are going in with the tools. You could hear the saws going. Windows breaking. You could hear the fire. You could hear the fire ripping out the windows. You could hear the crackle of, of the wood beams burn, burning. And you could see the guys stretching the line and walking into the building while everybody's running out. Everybody's in chaos. Everybody is, is panicking except for them. It's such a sight to see. It, a friend of mine goes, it's like controlled chaos. It is. It's controlled chaos. Everybody has a position. Everybody knows what, where they're supposed to go, what they're supposed to do. The roof guy has, has to go to the roof. The OB goes to the rear. Whatever. We talk about positions in, in another, another episode. But the engine takes the line in the, into the interior, through the front door, right up to the fire, and pushes the fire out the windows. Puts water on it, and I'm watching this, and I'm, I'm terrified, but I'm so into it. I'm so exhilarated by it. Like, I'm looking at this fire, and I'm going, holy shit. This is unbelievable. It was, it was beautiful and terrifying and scary and, and awesome all at once. And just watching these guys, these professionals, these guys just calmly do what they got to do and save people and fucking put the fire out. And that's what they did. I watched them stretch the line in and water was shooting out the window and, and in a matter of fucking, it seemed like forever, but it was, it was put out so quick. And you see the water coming out and the fire goes out like that. And they were done. And nobody knew, none of the civilians knew what the fuck to do. And I just was in awe of these guys. These guys were living legends. These guys were my heroes. These guys were everybody's heroes. And they just were so professional. I, I knew immediately, immediately from that moment on that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be part of that. I wanted that adrenaline rush. I wanted to be one of those guys so bad. And eventually, I did. I, I reached my dream. It was amazing. So what I'm saying is, I guess, now that I'm calming down, that I've talked a little too much, probably, is that no matter what you go through in life, if you have a dream, you can achieve that dream. You know, as a kid, everybody wants to be fine. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. You know, but in my neighborhood, it, that's what you wanted to be. And then seeing those guys go to work, it still, it still, it makes me want to leave retirement and start fighting fires again. But really is if it's in you it's in you it's got to be in you you got to want to do this job you got to want to go in there 
you got to want to do the things that most people won't do. Like, I just saw a video the other day of an uh, FDNY captain. It was an old video, and he, they interviewed him, and he was like, you got to be a little fucking nuts to go into a burning building like that. And who knows? Yeah, if, if maybe, maybe, but you definitely have to have, really have to have two things as a fireman. You got to have common sense to do the job. You definitely have to have common sense because it's fucking dangerous. You got to know your job for sure. You got to know the positions. You got to know what to do and you get trained for that. You got to have common sense. That's number one. Number two, and probably more important, you got to have balls. Man or woman, you got to have fucking balls to do that job because that shit is no joke. Those guys went in there and they probably all had fear. They probably all were nervous for sure. No matter how many fires you go to, they probably had that fear. But they controlled that fear. That's why they called the bravest. They controlled that fear and did the job. They didn't let the fear control them. And they didn't cower and run. They went in there and did the job because that's what they had to do, even though they had fear. There's something to be said about that. That's bravery. And I just knew I wanted to be part of that. I knew I wanted to be brave. I knew that I wanted to be one of those guys. And I achieved that. And I'm very, very happy. And I had a nice career. And I'm very proud of my career. And I miss the guys. And I miss the kitchen table. You know. And I'm going to get into some other stuff in the future. So I hope you like this one. That's why I wanted to be a New York City fireman. I'm sure everybody else has stories like that. First responders. You want to be a cop. You see the cops running after bad guys and getting them. And, and you probably have a story of, of watching that and going, oh, I want to be one of those guys. They're my heroes. Or... In the military, you know, seeing these guys do what they got to do and protect the country, and you wanted to be one of those, or a paramedic saving somebody's life, and you wanted to do that, it's got to be in you. It's got to be in you. And everybody that's doing it, it's in them. All right? So remember, as always, it must be true if you heard it, it must be true if you heard it at the kitchen table, motherfucker. See you at the big one.